0: obedient to your will. Open our ears and our eyes to what you have to to say to us today. God, right now, I just pray that uh, your word will just pierce our hearts this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right. Prettiest preacher in the world is going to give you a message. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys? Good to see you. Um, just real quick, too, um, I just wanted to add about the Super Sunday thing. Um, there will be child care, but we need you to RSVP email me because we're just trying to get a sense of how many kids there are going to be and we want to have adequate you know, child care. We don't want to have like 30 kids and one, one, one cracked out adult that's trying to keep track of all of them. So please RSVP to me. My email's in here. And then if you're going to attend, we just want to make sure that we have enough seating and stuff and space. Um, so, all right. Well, I am doing the Father's Day message. Maybe you're like, well, you're a chick. Yes, that's right. You got that right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think God's not a respecter of persons at all, and He can speak through us. And so uh, my husband graciously said, hey, would you like to do the Father's Day message? And I said, okay, I would love to do it. <laughs> um, I just love teaching God's Word. You know, and, and as I was preparing for this, I felt like God was saying, I want you to teach about spiritual fathering. And I was kind of like, well, God, I don't really know a whole lot about that as I am a woman. <laughs> I know about spiritual mothering, but I don't know, what, what is spiritual fathering about? Well, we're going to dive into that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to say happy Father's Day to all you dads. Thank you for all that you do. We love you and we honor you. Can we... Uh, AV team, can we get that picture up? And I would actually, where's my husband? My husband step out. Oh, no, no, you're not going anywhere. I would like to say happy Father's Day to my baby daddy. You're the one of the best dads. You got a great example set by your father, Larry Kapczynski, and I love you. You're an amazing father to our child, Sophia. So happy Father's Day, honey. All right, so there's this, this Welsh poet and his name was George Herbert, and he said this: "He said one father is more than a hundred schoolmasters." And I think that is so accurate. Um, and as we get into, we're going to look primarily at First Corinthians four, fourteen through seventeen. But actually, in the in the Greek, you know, Paul's talking to the Corinthians. You know, the Corinthians were naughty, right? Corinth was this hotbed port, like. So there are all these different cultures coming here, intersecting and doing trade with the Corinths, right? It makes makes West Hollywood look like Mr. Rogers Street. Like Corinth was just a hotbed of sin, fertility cults, all this stuff, okay? And Paul comes in, he starts preaching the gospel, and the Corinthian church is birthed. And so he starts mentoring them, loving them, setting up church, you know, writing 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And so one of the things that he says to them is, you have numerous teachers. And we'll look at the actual text in a second. But he says, you have numerous teachers, but you only have one spiritual father. That's me. And that's kind of what we're going to look at. You know, as as fathers, maybe as grandparents, uncles, you know, maybe you don't even have any biological children. That's okay. But God calls you to step up into something called spiritual fathering, which is an added dimension. You know, our kids have tons of of people that speak morality into their lives, right? Teachers and Sunday school teachers and, um, you know, aunts, uncles, family members. But there needs to be a spiritual father that is speaking life into your children. All right. Fathers, let me put it this way too. You possess a unique ability to love your child's soul. And God has created you to relate to them in a unique way. Let me give you an example. Um, And it's a way that us moms, we can't do that. Um, let me give you an example. What, um, (laughs) a little while ago, like between Josh and I, like I'm the hothead. I don't know if you guys knew that. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of you guys, but, um, when Sophia was younger, um, she was doing Taekwondo and she was very reticent about testing and she would just freak out like epic freakouts, Like crying on the mat, and like I'm half Asian, I'm Japanese, okay, so Japanese is all about you take it on the chin, you just suck it up, you just get it done, you know, got to make the family proud. So my daughter is not making the family proud because she's on the mat and she's having a meltdown with the master, she's like, I can't do this, uh I'm like, you suck it up. You are a Mitsunaga and you're a Kapchinsky. We get stuff done. Now pull it together. And she's like, I'm too scared. I can't do it. I'm like, you just pull it together. And I was just like, I was beside myself. I'm like, we don't do this. We don't fall apart. Pull it together. And Josh is like, honey. He comes over and he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, just take a walk. I got this. I got this. I'm like, she's not going. She's like, I, and the master prior to me coming up and talking to Sophia had tried to get her to finish you know, going through her paces and finish the testing for about half an hour. Okay, so by at this point we're at 40 minutes and I am just beside myself, okay? So Josh comes up and he's like, just take a walk, I got this. I'm like, good luck, because this, this is not happening. This is not happening today. He's like, honey, go walk it off, I got it. So I go, <laughs> I go walk <laughs> and um, I'm sure there was award an award for best mother right then, for what I did. But I go walk, and I come back in a few minutes, and look. guess what I see? Sophia is on the mat, and she is finishing her testing. Dads have a unique way, and so I asked him, I said, what did you do? He's like, it's a secret, I can't tell you. <laughs> and and there's, there's other instances, and I'm sure you've been witness to this. Dads have a particular way of relating to their kids. That moms, we just, we're, that's, and that's okay. That's how God wired each of us specifically to relate in different ways. And that's a good thing. There is, um, there's a, an author named Richard Rohr, and he wrote this man, uh, this book, this man. He wrote a book called From Wild Man to Wise Man. Can we get that quote up? And he has this great quote about father love. He said, Father love redeems, liberates, and delights in totally different ways than mom's love. And I see this. Like Sophia, one of her favorite things to do with her dad is to, they call it wrestle fest. (laughs) I like to wrestle with Sophia, but she's like, Mom, no, I don't want to wrestle with you. I want to wrestle with Dad. And so that is one of their special things that they do. And mom cannot cut in on that. That is their special thing. It's a special bond that they have. Josh is also teaching her self-defense. If a boy comes and touches you, you get him in a headlock like this. I'm like, honey, let's not do that now. <laughs> but there is a special way that a father can love and speak into the heart of his child that a mom cannot. I think it's also significant that, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, what, it, what does it start off? Does it say, our Father. So the Creator of gravity, time, space. We're not to refer to him as your royal eminence, your most magnificent creator, but as what? Our father, and not just, not just holy father, God the divine father, our father, our Abba. And you know, there's a lot, I went to grad school during the height of all this too, seminary, um, where there was a lot of feminist backlash against the revelation of God the Father. They're like, oh, God the Father is too strong. It's not, God's not really the Father. He's like, he's got like feminine juju. No, that's not how scripture, God, God the Father is revealed as the Father, and we are to refer to him as such. And that is significant that we are to refer to him as the Father, Fathers, you were created in that image of God the Father. That is significant, and we need to pay attention to it. Oh, man, what time do I have to be done? It's going to be like one of the fastest sermons ever, you guys. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into spiritual fathering real quick. Okay, seriously, what time do I have to be done by? It's 10, 11. 20 minutes, okay, Fastest sermon ever. I'm not gonna go on for like an hour like Josh has done. (laughs) All right. So dads, whether you've raised like one kid or 10, you know that fathering is more than making sure your kids don't wipe their snot on their sleeves, that they say please and thank you, that they don't punch their siblings, that they know how to throw a good spiral football, right? Parenting is more, fathering is more than just telling them do's and don'ts, right? Um, there is an added dimension called spiritual fathering. And maybe you're like, you know what, I am tapped out already, like I work long hours, I got this unruly brood at home to take care of. How am I supposed to add another thing on top of it? It's not supposed to be an added thing because here's the deal. When we are tapped into the source as parents, as moms and dads, God puts gas in our tank. You know, it's like, It's like when I tell my husband that I love him, right, and he's like, eh, (laughs) that's obviously going to shut this down, right? I'm going to be like, oh, okay, fine. That's how you want to play it. (laughs) But if he's like, I love you more, I'm like, no, no, I love you more. And you get this thing going back and forth, right? When we were going through premarital counseling, our counselor said, make sure that you guys have you keep each other's emotional gas tanks full. And that you regularly make deposits. And so what that has done for us is, you know, like if I'm feeling low or something, Josh will do something sweet and it'll be like writing a little note and leaving it on my window shield before he leaves for work or whatever. Just little things like that. Well, here's the deal. God the Father does that for us. When we are jacked into the source, so to speak, we're not trying to generate our own electricity. God the Father is like, I created electricity, so get jacked into me. I will keep you fueled, parents and fathers, even though it seems overwhelming. All right, let's look at Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 real quick. This is also called the Shema, um, because it's got "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But what I actually want to get to um, is more of the meat of this. Love, so verse five, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your notepads, no. On magnets around the house? No. Memory verses? No. On your hearts? All right, let's go to the next verse. Impress them on your children. And how are you to do this, fathers? How are you to impress your children? Talk about them when you sit at home. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. All right, thank you. Okay, so here's this picture that we've been, that's been created, right? So um, Israel at this point, back in Deuteronomy, has become a nation. And God's like, here are the, here are the, here's the operation handbook for being a nation. I want you, parents, specifically fathers, to do this. I want you to carry on the spiritual, my spiritual legacy by teaching your kids. But do you notice, though, in this, it's not just, okay. set a time aside during the day and have Bible study. Set a time aside at night and do nightly prayers. No, the picture that is created is holistic. It's like this circle of life, if you will. Um, Write them on your door frames of your houses and your gates. When you come in and out, be mindful. Teach your kids to be mindful of God. We go back to, let's see, verse 7. Okay, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. So it's like when you're up and awake... And you're mowing the lawn. You're taking the trash out. Maybe you're going to Starbucks. Or maybe you've got your kids in the car and you're trying to put gas in the car. Talk about God with them. It's this, it's this idea of just walking through life as a father. And it doesn't have to be touchy-feely. Okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you guys out real quick. Okay, so Josh... Josh will go help his dad sometimes. And they'll be together for like eight hours, right? Eight hours. And, you know, they'll just do a project or something or like, I don't know, rip out the sprinklers and put in new sprinklers or work out at the cabin or something. I'll be like, so what would you guys talk about? Asked Josh. He's like, oh, nothing really. I said, how is that possible? You were together for eight hours. How did you talk about nothing? He's like, I don't know. And I'd for the hammer maybe and I gave it to him and we just, we said that was a nice... You know, the, the deck looks good now. We should probably stain it. He's like, that's pretty much about it. I said, I don't understand that as a woman. How do you, how do you, how are you together for that amount of time, a full day, and you don't engage in conversation? I'm, I'm, he's like, I don't know. We just, we don't need to. We just, and here's the thing. That's okay. Fathers, live out loud through your actions. There is so much that gets communicated to our daughter. Okay, obviously between the two of us, I am the mouthy one. I don't know if you picked up on that. But there is so much that gets communicated through Josh's nonverbal cues to our daughter that speaks volumes. It speaks louder than me sitting down to Sophia and having a pep talk or a heart-to-heart. And that is the idea here behind Deuteronomy. Yes, dads, use language if necessary, but your actions should speak volumes. Volumes. Your actions should be broadcasting God. You know, so unlike me, if so, Josh is so good about this, and this is horrible. But like we'll be driving somewhere as a family and somebody and he's driving, and somebody'll cut us off, and I'll be like, oh, and Josh will be like it's okay it's not a big deal i'm like and i reach over and i lay on the horn he's like why did you do that <laughs> but sophia gets to see josh just being cool and like it's okay one more car in front of us it's not a big deal i'm like yes it is a big deal they got it in front of us they got it. he's like it's it's okay just it's alright you know and sometimes this spiritual component of fathering extends to people that that are not yours biologically. Josh and I have, um, in the course of doing what we're doing, we've had lots of uh, spiritual sons and daughters, people that we mentor, that God has knit our hearts together with them. And it's the neatest thing to see because you begin to develop a heart for them. You know, if they're having a tough day, God will just be like, call them, text them, send them in something encouraging. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Let me read you this quote uh, from this. He's a teaching pastor at uh, Rock Harbor, and his name is uh, Mike Erie, and he has this great quote about spiritual parenting. Wait, that. Wait Oh, thank you. When I use the terms father, dad, or parent, I mean to refer to anyone in a fathering relationship with someone else. Jesus taught that spiritual bonds are just as important, if not more so, than biological bonds. And Paul taught that the church functions as God's household and family. So that we are to relate to each other as fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters. That means that spiritual fathering is just as significant as biological fathering. The best case, of course, is that the two are combined. And I just think that is just such a profound statement and such a wonderful statement. Because I know dads, I mean, as parents, we can get into the whole, you know, we gotta get this done and this done, and then we get into, like, not parenting, we, you know, we, and Josh and I are both guilty of this, but you get into sh- to just, like, trying to herd butterflies, Right? <laughs> And you're so exhausted from doing that. It's like, how can I add on the layer of spiritual fathering? But here's the thing, and this is harsh. God says it's not an option. It is not an option to do spiritual fathering or spiritual mothering. It is required. But here's the deal. When God calls us to something, he equips us. God is never like, oh, I just stinks for you, too bad. Sorry if you're pooped, dads. Too bad. Sorry. God's like, I will put gas in your tank. I will give you wisdom and discernment. I will give you a special heart for your child to love on and to mentor your child in a spiritual capacity that you didn't think you had. And the one thing we know about God is God is faithful and he is good. Amen? Amen. All right. Alrighty. Oh, how am I doing on time? Oh, uh, okay. So real quickly, how do we do this spiritual fathering? Or, sorry, I'm not a guy. So how do you fathers do this spiritual fathering? How does it, you know, what does it look like? What are the nuts and bolts? Did you get that manly reference? Nuts and bolts. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get 1 Corinthians 4, 4 through 17 up. I am writing, so Paul's writing to the Corinthians. Remember, they got all kinds of freaky deaky stuff going on. Um, They're being immoral. There's factions. They're like, I'm with Apollo. You know, I'm with with so-and-so. I'm with so-and-so. I got baptized under so-and-so. And And then you've got other people who are sleeping with their uh, (laughs) stepmoms. So Paul's just like, no, no, no. This is not what I set up for you guys. So Paul's trying to set them straight. And I want you to just tune into the tone how he, and how he writes, how he addresses them. Because he could. He was justified in bringing the hammer down. There was a lot of immorality going on. But he, he's gracious. and And pay attention to his word choices. Okay? Very key. All right. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Okay, there's just so much here. We could, we could just hang out here for another hour, but I know we don't have that kind of time. So, All right, so there's three points I'm going to give you about how do we do this, how, or how do you do this. How, how, what does the spiritual fathering look like? And one of the first points is a willingness to correct and rebuke, okay? Let's go back to uh, 14 if we can. Now, Paul could have just gone ahead and sent Timothy in, right, to deal with everything. But Paul sends this letter ahead, and he just deals with stuff up front, and he kind of takes the bull by the horns. You know, sometimes when you have conversations with your kids it would be very nice just to be like, I'm gonna let this go. I'm gonna give you a free pass on this one, right? When you're exhausted, parents, just parents in general, you're exhausted, you've asked them for the 50th time, right, shut the door, whatever. Wash your hands, stop picking your nose, stop eating your boogers, whatever it is, right? You're just like exhausted. And it's like the 51st time, you're just like, I tap, I wanna tap out, I wanna be done. Paul is kind of there. He has visited them before, and they still are not getting that you can't have orgies. You cannot sleep with your stepmom. They're just not getting it. And he's like, ah, oh, you guys know better. And it would be easy for him to send other people or just to let it go and be like, ah, oh, Corinth, man. That's a hotbed of sin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tap out on this one. But he writes to them. And he is willing to stick his nose in their business and to look like the bad guy because he's calling them on their stuff. All right. Point number two is a spiritual father first and foremost points beyond himself and points to God. Okay, now let's look at two little small phrases in 17. Can we go to 17? Pretty please. All right. Okay, for this reason I have sent to you, Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. Paul could have just, Paul had such authority and power. And he could have just stood on that and said, this is what I said, this is what goes. End of story. Done and done. Done. But Paul is a wise man. He is a good spiritual father. And he loves his children in Corinth. And what does he do? He points past himself. He doesn't say, look at me. I got big spiritual guns. He points past himself. He does this with Timothy. Instead of saying, Timothy, yeah, who I'm, I, I'm his spiritual father too. I did great stuff. No. He talks about Timothy being faithful in the Lord, okay? And then, the second part of that verse, uh, he reminds you of my way in, uh, my way of life. He could have said period, right? Because he had quite the track record. But he ends it with, in Christ Jesus. Those two little phrases speak volumes. When you have, you know, this short section of, of Scripture, it's, this is one verse, and Paul references how, who puts gas in his tank? Who drives? Who drives the bus that Paul's on? It's Christ, and that's what you guys. I, I hope you get this. That as spiritual fathers, it's not about you, and it's not on your own power. You don't have to do it on your own. When we are tapped into the source, when we are tapped into Jesus. God fills us when we're like, I got nothing left. I am empty. I am running on fumes. Holy Spirit comes and settles on us. On you, dads, and fills you up. And gives you gas that you can't manufacture on your own. That is a good God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Point number three. And let me, let me give you this quick example about spiritual fathers, how they, they say, no, don't look at me. Look past me to Christ. Randy Clark, uh, who, you know, came and spoke a couple weeks ago here, gave this example in a pastor's meeting that we had. And he said, you know, when he goes and he speaks, he has to really remind people, don't thank me for your healing. Like, it's great that you got healed and you can walk or that your back got healed, amen, God's good, Um, or, you know, that your sight was restored, don't thank me, look past me and thank God. He's like, for people to build monuments, you know, or to thank me and to put me up on a pedestal, Randy was saying, is like, if you got a $100,000 check in the mail and you thank the mailman instead of the sender. Randy's like, I'm the mailman, I'm not the sender. Don't thank me. <laughs> thank God the Father. You know, and I think that's, that's a key component of spiritual fathering. As you say, don't look at me, look past me. Look at God. God the Father. All right. Okay, point number three. Ah! All right. We kind of hit on this, but uh, a, a spiritual father has to be willing to, to model spiritual truth. Can we get um, Deuteronomy up again, pretty please? All right, let's go through to six, six. Okay, so these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. You know what, what's interesting is kids have an amazing baloney detector, don't they? You ever take your kid somewhere and you're like, oh, say hi to this person. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> mm-mm, I'm not, mm-mm. You're like, come on, just say hi to this person. They're like, no, a person gives me the creeps. I'm not going to do it. Or kids know when you're lying to them. They have a good detector. <laughs> you're like, no, really, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think you're being truthful. Yes, totally, I am. This does taste like chocolate. Broccoli does taste like chocolate, I guarantee it. No, I don't think so. No. Okay, here's the thing. In modeling, if you're going to do spiritual fathering, you have to model it. Well, guess what? If you don't know, if you yourself do not know what that pattern is, how can you model it for others? You cannot do that. So here's the deal. This is why this is key. Today, these commandments that I give you today are to be not written on a pad, not in your planner, and that's okay. That's all right. The main place these commandments, God's commandments are to be, are where? On your hearts. Fathers. God calls you to be the spiritual head of your family. You can't lead, though, if you don't know where you're leading from and to. God's commandments need to be on your heart. And I know sometimes, I mean, I know, I know dads don't even like to stop for directions sometimes. We'll be lost sometimes. I'm not going to name names. And uh, somebody will be driving. I'll be like, let's just, let's just, you know, let's say you're doing Google Maps. and That leads you astray, right? And so we'll be driving around. I'll be like, just stop for directions. Can we just, please? It's look right there. Because we've gone around this loop like 10 times. I got it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. God's like, don't figure it out. Write it on your hearts. Because what we internalize as parents, that's, that's what's going to come out of us. So if we have... God's commandments. If you dads have God's commandments internalized, guess what? What's going to happen? Like in a a moment of crisis or a moment of anger, what is going to come out is what's already inside. You can't do a magic trick and automatically stuff stuff inside and be like, "Oh, I'm going to cover this up." It doesn't work like that. What's inside, what you ingest, what you internalize, will come out. And it may not be. Maybe you're like, "Hey." Be nice to people, but, you, you know, you like to shove people out of line. you got to be first all the time. Well, that speaks volumes to children. They catch everything. Amen, parents? Everything. All right. The last thing, I want you guys to watch this video. And as you're watching this video, dads, I don't want you to feel like, oh. I'm not a great dad, or I want you to be encouraged. Like I said, I was praying. I was like, God, what do you you want me to teach on? Fatherhood, obviously, I'm kind of limited in what I can teach on for fatherhood. I felt like God was just really saying spiritual fathering. I want dads to mentor and lead their kids spiritually. So as we watch this video, I want you just to be thinking, what kind of legacy, what kind of shadow Are you casting? Alright, can we roll the video? Hey Dad, what was Grandpa like whenever you were my age? I don't know, he's like a dad. Did Grandpa make you listen to this terrible music? You mean did he culture me? You bet he did. Grandpa get lost too. Sometimes we're not lost. Recalculating route to your destination. You will arrive in approximately two days, three hours. What's your license insurance? Did uh, Grandpa have a lead foot too? Amen. Did Grandpa teach you to pray before every meal like that? Yeah, for every meal. Did Grandpa do that too? with all the lollygagging. I'm not paying you guys to sit around and look at pictures. Chop Chop! My stuff's not gonna get to a condo on the golf course by itself. Has Grandpa always been so bossy? Always. Is he actually paying us? Not a chance. <laughs> you really are a lot like him, aren't you? Love baby! All right, can I have the worship band come up, please? So, dads, fathers, can we get Deuteronomy 4.14 up again real quick? Or not? I'll just read it to you guys. How about that? (laughs) Okay. No, not yet. All right. No, not yet. I'm stalling. I'm stalling. Uh, First Corinthians. Or sorry, First Corinthians. I'm sorry. First Corinthians. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. My bad. I own that. (laughs) Okay, for, uh, let me get 15. Sorry. Mommy needs more coffee. Sorry about that. Okay. Even if you had 10... This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. He says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ... So that word guardians in the Greek is something I'm not going to try and... I'm not going to chop the word up. <laughs> but it's where we get our English word pedagogy from. And the idea in the Greek here is you have had 10,000, and that's like in a, like, countless. That's the, Paul's way of saying you've had countless moral tutors. But you only have one spiritual father. And dads, I encourage you, like in the video that we just saw, Don't be another moral tutor to your kids. Be the spiritual father that God's called you to be. What kind of legacy, what kind of shadow are you casting? I pray it is a long one. And one that is modeled not through words but through actions. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and do some worship. Oh, yeah, sorry. Can I have the ushers come up, please, to ush? Sorry. (laughs) Let me pray for the offering. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, man. Sorry. (laughs) Let's pray. Oh, Abba, Father. God, we love you so much. Because the Bible says you first lavished your love on us. And we thank you that you seek intimacy and you desire relationship. God, I pray that um, this offering, we would just be a small sliver of us showing how we desire relationship, how we want to lavish back on you everything that you've given to us. God, we love you and we thank you that you are an Abba Father. You're a good God. Amen.